Hi, I'm Christina Rodenbeck, and I'm here with my friend Sally Kirkman, and we're going to talk to you about the astrology of the month ahead. If you'd like to find out more about Sally, she is at sallykirkman.com. And if you want to find out more about me, my website's called The Oxford Astrologer. Um, so we just get together once a month from our different uh, parts of England to talk about the astrology. And, um, oh yeah, but I want to mention actually that we're doing a webinar, aren't we? We are. Uh, on the 4th of June, which is about eclipses. So if you're interested in that, please go to either of our websites and you'll be able to find the information on how to get tickets and stuff like that. Anyway, hello, Sally. Hello, Christina. We're not together again. We're looking at one another. But yeah. <laughs> so, you know, excuse the sort of slight crankiness of the recording, perhaps, because we are obviously isolating. Uh, Sally's isolating in Guildford and I am isolating here in Oxford. Although isolating seems, sounds, makes it sound like we're like very cold and mm. on an island. Um, and yes. you're, you're, well, we are on a cold island at the moment, aren't we? It's just a big, big one. But you're with your daughter. I am with my daughter. Yes, I'm not completely alone, which is lovely. My 19-year-old. So that's great. And, and you've got quite a full house. I have a full house. I have a full house. Including, if I include the cats, there's, you know, six of us. <laughs> full house. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> ah. yeah so, so how's it been, Christina? How's the last month been? Has it well, been Taurian for you? As we're just moving out the sun's passage through Taurus? It has been pretty Taurian, actually. I mean, you know, as you know, I do like to cook. And so does my partner and so do my children. So we've been doing a lot of very delicious eating. The house has been, it's been very nice to be here. The garden has been fabulous. So on that, you know, very personal level, it has been very Torian. Um, You know, the, it's been the most incredible spring, as you know. Um, And, uh, you know, I've been able to go go for a walk every day. Mm. And luckily I live near the edge of town so I can just walk out into the actually not that interesting countryside. I'll be honest with you. Um, but acceptable countryside, especially at this time of year. So it's been rather in, in that way, it's been absolutely lovely. Mm. Mm. I, I agree. I mean, I'm very aware of the sun's move through Taurus and it has been, there's been rather a slow pace here. I do wake up some mornings thinking I'm in, you know, groundhog day. Okay. <laughs> Here we are again, another day. I shall do a walk today. Okay, I shall cook and eat some lovely food. <laughs> There's a natural rhythm, but yeah, it's kind of a lot of the a lot of the same in many ways. Um, but it does feel like it's been quite a slow pace. And right at the end of the Taurus period, I did have a three-day retreat. I was meant to be away in the beautiful Kent countryside, but of course it went online. Um, but actually it was great. And it, it meant that we kind of, you know, we came off TV and computers, um, the news for a while, which was great, and instead listened to music and read um, and did quite a lot of yoga meditation. And actually, that was really very nurturing and nourishing and just kind of nice to, to stop and take a step back. So, that was really yeah, I mean, the, the um, 
we're recording this just after a few days after um, Venus go turned retrograde. And I would say one of the features of this month is simply Venus in Gemini, you know, so this, this ruler of Taurus has been in Gemini. So there's been, you know, I would say there's been, I've had a lot of um, communications, you know, I've been doing that a lot. Yeah. I, admittedly for me, this is, goes into the 10th house, but there's been a lot of communications and I've noticed that actually as soon as Venus went retrograde, quite a lot of um you know i want to say um the cat got out of the bag in my house <laughs> you know some some i wouldn't say secrets were revealed but i discovered that both my children haven't really been doing their um well, i think it's both i'm just in the middle of investigating this but definitely one of them has not been doing her schoolwork in the way that i thought that she was mm. the gemini of course you know um so that's this is all you know and they're my daughters you know it's a venusian thing um so there's some i think that we're now going into this phase of certain you know venus is going underground and or she's going into the underworld mm -hmm. and we're going to be experiencing that all through the month ahead but we're already into that now definitely because she's stationing which means she's standing still and it's interesting isn't it because i think it's often you know, like you're saying, it's kind of almost the the flip in a mm -hmm. way that things emerge during the time when Venus went retrograde. But I think it's these stations, they just shift the situation in some way. Yeah. And I think it's really important to notice what does happen on the stations. Mm -hmm. There can be, it can be a time of synchronicities as well. But yeah, things do either get revealed or get hidden. This, this yeah. We're know. in quite a power week and even that will, that trickles over into the beginning of, you know, the, the, of Gemini season, doesn't it? Because a lot of planets are turning retrograde. Mm -hmm. So a lot of planets are stationing really for the now and for the rest of the month. Mm -hmm. um, what is it? Saturn and Jupiter are turning retrograde. Um, yeah. And Pluto already is retrograde. Pluto so already is retrograde. Ones are all in reverse, which, you know, I, out in the world, I kind of feel like this is, we're seeing this people taking the brakes off a bit of the lockdown situation, slowing it down. But they, you know, they don't stay retrograde though. At some point they turn direct again. They so, turn direct again. I, you know, well, we'll talk about this in a minute about what we think is coming up, but I, I have my doubts about uh, this false dawn, so to speak. Um, I, I, it may be different in different countries, but uh, here there's a bit of a false dawn. Um, we should yeah. talk about Gemini though, shouldn't we? Because we are moving into, I mean, this podcast is from May the 20th to June the 21st, which is Gemini season. Yeah, I love Geminis. Mm. Even I don't care if Donald Trump and um, Boris Johnson are both blonde bombshell de Geminis. They're the bad bomb, blonde bombshell Geminis. There are very good ones. In fact, there's one who lives with me who is a blonde bombshell Gemini. <laughs> My daughter. <laughs> my younger daughter really is um they i mean I, it's a it's one of the most sparkling exciting stimulating signs to hang out with for a while yeah, yeah. any gemini friends same uh, actually. same um and i i really like gemini it's um it's a, it, you know there's so many obviously it's an actor's sign 
you know, I'm just thinking like Nicole Kidman, Johnny Depp, you know, there's loads of actors who, and that's to do with that switching, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's a chameleon kind of style, isn't there? It's Gemini. Med- I mean, they, there's loads of them in the media. Yeah. I mean, very much attracted to the media. Um, because of their, their planet is Mercury, communication. Mm-hmm. It's, you know, it's wit, it's vitriol as well at times. But they have that, a real clever way with words as well. And they need variety in life. I mean, I'm a Scorpio and it's actually, I have a lot of Gemini friends and that's that soulmate connection across the Zodiac when it's, you know, not your opposite sign, but the one to the left or right. Um, You know, and Gemini's just, it's their love of, they're so curious. I mean, I, I, there's a friend of mine who we go off on holiday together quite a bit or go traveling together. And I just love being with her because she's constantly, you know, she's always got interesting bits of information um, and there's this curiosity, wanting to see new places, do new things. And a Scorpio in the same way actually has a real love of knowledge, but it's on a kind of deeper level. So this is... Don't you think that that's the thing that they, you know, what you find in common with certain signs? I mean, the Scorpio Mercury, sorry, the Scorpio Gemini connection is investigation. Yeah, it is. You know, a real love of finding... A love of finding things out, love of mysteries, actually. This kind of, you know, both have their detective hats on in one way or another. Yeah. Gemini Gemini is the sign of the journalist. I mean, it certainly is. If you wanted to say one profession that is a Gemini profession, it's journalism, you know, Mm. because that involves talking to people, which Geminis love, Mm. finding stuff out. And on one level, you know, journalism can be very trivial. And of course, one of the things that Geminis at their best understand is that in the trivial we find the deep you know that there's that actually that trivial stuff Mm. can turn out to be really important Mm. you know yeah I also I mean writers as well journalists Mm. writers this I've always found it quite interesting that um you know some of the most prolific cookery writers are Gemini's the one who's uh, who've sold most books and it's kind of you know it's interesting that Gemini follows on from Taurus. Taurus is food. What does a Gemini do? Write about it. So you get Jamie Oliver, uh, Delia Smith. I think they've they've sold probably most books and also Deliciously Ella, who's kind of been quite popular over the last few years. So, so writers, wordsmiths as well. And of course, sorry? Communicators. I mean, I, I would say I would never describe Jamie Oliver as a wordsmith. I would describe him as a great TV person. Yes, you know, as he is fantastic on. T- oh, he! I don't know if he does it now, but he was fantastic on TV. Yeah, he does. Stuff Jeff. Uh, well, I don't think I'd want to see him with his shirt off these days. But you know, um, <laughs> <laughs> oh, keep it on, Jamie. It's not, really what, it's not really what happens on a cookery program. Well, not the ones I watch. Obviously, watching the wrong ones, Christina. <laughs> Didn't he used to take his shirt off occasionally? And in the, in the um, in the yeah, back in the day. Um, anyway, or am I just hallucinating that? That's not what I remember of him, but anyway. Yeah. Okay. Well, I can't remember anything he cooked, um, <laughs> but he's great TV. And that's the thing is talking heads. You know, if you, the talking heads on television, who can do that? And, you know, again, Delia Smith is this English cookery writer, cookery. She actually, again, it's more the television who I find incredibly annoying and boring, but a lot of people love her. Uh, who can just talk at the camera, Mm. you know, she can do that talking at the camera 
fantastic. And at the same time, and this is another Gemini thing, at the same time, cook something. So she's yes. an incredible multitasker. And yes. this is the thing with Geminis is that they need 15 things that they're doing at the same time because otherwise they get bored. Or they, I mean, the other thing I think with uh, Geminis is that they, they very often, and, and this is before the days when we all needed many strings to our bow, they always had, you know, at least yeah. two careers. <laughs> you know, there's this one. Job. Yeah. One of the Geminis I love is Killian Murphy, who the Peaky Blinders guy. And apparently oh, yeah. he started life as a rock singer but then, you know, became an actor, switched, um, brilliant at both. So there is often this, you know, this ability to kind of change, change hats or change roles. Yeah. Uh, I think the Geminis. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of annoying for everybody else because they actually can be quite good at everything. That's the, you know, multi-talented really. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, You think, how can they also be really good at writing poetry and playing the guitar and, you know, flipping burgers? What is that? Uh, but there you are oh and the other thing is dexterity yes and sort of things like tennis you know that kind of t- to anything that's uh, in pairs that comes in pairs sports sports well, are uh, paired yeah and tennis players I mean it, it is the it's the tennis player sign I mean we've got yeah. Djokovic and Nadal at the moment Anna Kornikova um Steffi Graf was I think Bjorn Borg was as well wasn't he yes I'm sure he was loads of Gemini's so I mean yeah it's Bjorn Borg ever take his shirt off yes a lot (laughs) (laughs) so actually so do Nadal and Djokovic I think as well but then they get very hot playing tennis it's mind you get get awfully hot Uh, terrible for their audience yeah and I would rather see Nadal take his shirt off I think than Bjorn Borg anyway um I'm just trying to, you know, cheer us up in the middle of COVID, <laughs> reflecting on sh- shirts, off, shirts off in the past. You're doing a very good job. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, definitely any tennis players, obviously. Mm. Uh, if we investigated, we'd probably find that squash players and all those things, you'd probably find that those were Gemini. There were a lot of Geminis. And, and it's the hands, it's, it's dexterity, but also, um, you know, often Geminis speak with their hands. They, they have that great hand-eye coordination as well. Yeah, yeah. So. Um, yeah, this is true. So we like the Geminis. We it's like the sign. It, And we're moving into Gemini season. It perks everything up. You know, and this is a, I would say this is the long Gemini season because we're having the eclipse, the nodes have moved into Gemini, the North Node has moved into Gemini. Uh, Venus is going to be in Gemini until August. So this is a kind of Gemini sort of summer, you know, summer season. There's a Gemini season that we're in. Also, you know, very aware now of this, it has been quite this slow pace, I think, with um, the sun moving through Taurus. Hmm. But things are suddenly speeding up. I mean, as we start, you know, if you're listening to this podcast, once the sun's in Gemini, all the personal planets are immutable signs. You've got Venus, Mercury, and the sun in Gemini. Mars is in Pisces. Hmm. So, you know, this it's actually the period up until the end of June that there's this real, you know, suddenly we're in mutable world. Yeah. Which is, you need to be flexible. You need to be adaptable. You need to kind of be ready to change things around. And there's a quicker kind of more nervous energy about mutable signs. I think ready to release and let go to start over when the theoretically, when the sun moves into cancer, it's like the mutables are the final 
the final part of each season mm. before the new season begins. So we're in that kind of, it's, I, I found this quite an, quite a weird vibe going on, a little bit unsettling or, you know, there's more movement somehow. Well, should we start talking about the month ahead? I mean, I, yeah, I mean, because I, I agree with you, but I think, and there, there are very fat, various factors in that, aren't there? There's all of this retrograde energy mm. that's happening now, you know, this actually stationing energy really, mm. um, which is very intense for synchronicities. There's the change of the nodes from um, cancer into Gemini, which is actually a huge shift of the North node from cancer into Gemini. It's a huge shift. Um, so that again is gone into this mutable, changeable place. But I also think that Mars and Pisces is a key to understanding the next, well, is it till the 28th of June to the next six weeks to understand that Mars, which is the planet of actions where action happens is wherever it is in the chart is in Pisces, which is kind of a weird place for it to be. Hmm. Um, it's it's a not deep- that comfortable there, is it really? Yeah. And don't take this, you know, if you have it natally, like I do, it doesn't, I'm not saying it's uncomfortable or difficult there, but as a sort of collective thing, it can be disruptive, disturbing. Um, It's not comfortable. If you think of as of Mars as like a ball of fire, it's gone into water now. Mm. Mm. Yeah. And I think, you know, also for me with Mars in Pisces, Mars wants to go straight ahead and Pisces, you've got this idea of the fishes moving in opposite directions. So, you know, Mars doesn't know what to do quite. It's kind of a forward backward motion, isn't it? Mars is confused yeah. in Pisces. And I can tell you as someone with Mars and Pisces that the, the thing I find, well, there are a lot of, uh, again, back to athletes, but you know, David Beckham famously has Mars and Pisces, mm. the feet, rules the feet. Um, but Mars and Pisces are terrific dancers quite often. Mm-hmm. This mm-hmm. is the thing. So if you think of, the next six weeks as a dance, yeah. not a plowing forward, but as a dance that you're doing, you need to dance through the next six weeks and, yeah. you know, and not necessarily with a partner. You can do it on your own mm. uh, dancing in the kitchen. That's a good thing to do for the next, you know, for, for May and June. Um, we could end the podcast there. Dance in the kitchen. Bye. Um, <laughs> but um yeah i i think that's a, a kind of key thought with mars and pisces mm. and as you were saying earlier you before the you know you wanted to talk about this square i think it's really important mm. yeah there's well what is really intriguing me is the fact that just i mean on the day that venus turned retrograde in retrograde in gemini which was the may the 13th mars moved into pisces mm. and they're making a square aspect they're squaring one another. So they're kind of the relationship planets in a way are squaring one another. And they remain in the same form until the end of June, almost again, exactly the same time. So we have this Venus retrograde in Gemini and square to that, this Mars in Pisces really for the next six weeks. I know we're only talking about four weeks. So, you know, what's that about? And why is, I mean, what do we think about the Venus retrograde? I often think, you know, there's, it does suggest some kind of conflict going on when you've got a square aspect or needing to adapt. I, I feel with Venus retrograde in Gemini that things are going to be unraveling. It's like taking things apart. It's loosening things before they can be woven back together. There's that kind of feel going on. And it's also unraveling in Gemini. So it's about unraveling Gemini stuff. Yeah. So it's unraveling, uh, you know, 
words that you may have said or words that you may have written mm-hmm. or education that in my, in my household, the education that you haven't been doing, you know, it's unstitching that and giving yourself, you know, this is the time to catch up, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, it's funny, you know, I was just thinking as you're saying, well, that Venus is squaring Mars very widely because initially, uh, but Mars is the ruler of your chart, isn't it? Uh, it's Mars. Mm-hmm. You know, you're, you're, because of course I look at this and I think, well, Venus is squaring Neptune. <laughs> that's the thing that's important because Neptune, I, you know, of course I'm very Piscean. So I'm looking at Neptune that Sally's looking at Mars, which is why it's great to have a podcast with two people from diff- with different points of view. Right. Yeah, um, which is also Venus and Gemini. So we're actually doing Venus and Gemini now, right? It's two people, yeah. women. Mm-hmm having you know a sociable discussion but you know we have these different bringing different points of view mm. and i think that's a, something that you can do with all of this gemini energy is to put yourself in other the other person's shoes mm. listen and with venus and gemini retrograde this is all, a lot of this is about listening mm. um the two personal planets i mean there's going to be a lot of uh you know as we know because of lockdown and everything relationships are tested Mm. Mm. you know relationships are being tested and actually i have to say that some of these relationships that i've been coming across are being tested and coming out rather well you know Mm -hmm. Mm, agreed um you know people are actually making decisions to make commitments but also you will find that relationship this is the time when the relationships unravel you know that's it it's finished we now this this you've been holding on or you know um you know you've been waiting not to do anything right so you maybe you were going to split up before the covid happened but you couldn't now you really really want to you know it's and it's discussing how you're going to do that but yeah yeah i'd like to add to that though i think this is this period is the time for discussion it's not the time to make the major decisions personally for that i would wait until venus turns direct and probably mars gets into aries at the end of june beginning of july this is the time this is the time for exploration and experimentation and also i think it's a time when you know to realize that you're not going to see things in the same way now. This may be in a relationship. It may be with other people in your life. And it's really important this month to question. Yeah. You know, don't accept what other, other people see. And this is, relates to yeah. the blooming news and the media as well. You know, question everything. Don't oh. think that just because someone says something, it's the truth. This is not how it is I, at all right I now. I want to agree with that and sort of underline it, which is the one of the overarching themes of this month what with mars in pisces neptune in pisces all this stuff in gemini is not is a lot of words floating around and this not being a time to trust what you're being told by a government or media you know, so you need to be careful. Also, I mean, just on the whole COVID thing, you know, this is a fault. Like I said, there is this element of false dawn when you get this uh, Venus Neptune uh, square, which I, like I said, I love it because I think it's fairy tale. I think it's romantic. I think it's, uh, uh, you know, there's, I think it's about storytelling. I think those of us who love fiction and uh love the movies and love, you know, love losing ourselves in another magical world. 
could have a great time in the coming few weeks, you know, and actually I think all of us need to find a, an escape route through yeah. the mind mm. um, or through dreams or whatever you do. Meditation is another, you know, guided meditations, all those things work where you're escaping out of this world. Mm. Um, but this world, the actual material world, there is some, uh, you know, be careful what you're being told about what, what you're being told. Yeah. And I mean, you know, Christine and I were talking about this beforehand. I know here in the UK, there's this real relaxing of the rules at the moment, aren't there? What you can and can't do. And it'd be very easy in Gemini season just suddenly to become, you know, Mr. Ms. Social, start going out, leading your, you know, everyday life as normal. And then we have the whole issue with schools as well, going back or not going back. But, you know, this, this is kind of, um, there is a, a theme of illusion a little bit with Neptune. And don't you think also the, the Mars in Pisces is that hidden? It's hidden Mars in a way. Mm. And it's hidden. It's a hidden uh, enemy sometimes. Mm. You know, that's on a very, very macro level. Yeah. Um, I mean, the person, we haven't really discussed how this affects each sign individually. No, and I'm aware we're not really doing, we're, we're being actually very Gemini, Pisces, mutual, yeah. doing a big overview and going with the flow. We haven't got down specific dates and things either yet, Christina, so we might need to be. Yeah, so that. let's pull ourselves in a little bit and just talk about, uh, let's talk about the new moon and how it can affect different signs. Um, yeah. And actually, this new moon does make a fantastic um, trine to Saturn in Aquarius, which is, you know, of such an important planet at the moment who we haven't really been talking about. Because in the middle of all this beautiful, bleh, bleh, you know, this wafting miasma of fairy dust and coal dust, so all mixed together, um, there is one still strong point, and that is that Saturn in Aquarius, which makes a direct trine to the new moon. Which um, is in, on May the 22nd, the new moon May. in Gemini. And I would suggest for a start, you know, for Aquarians, this is actually quite an important and interesting new moon um, for you guys. It's to do with your, you know, starting something new, starting, you know, it's to do with your children. And I would suggest for everybody that look to your Aquarians, you know, if you need a strong steady point, look to your Aquarians or where Aquarius is in your chart, if you know where that is. Mm. Mm. To keep you grounded in this very kind of ungrounding atmosphere. Mm. Yeah. Um, no, I... so Leo's, you know, look to your partner. Yeah for example. Yeah, no, I think that's quite important. I mean, the other, I, I like the new moon on May 22nd. I do think there's something strengthening about it. And I also like the fact that Mercury is conjunct the Venus retrograde on the same day. And Mercury, of course, rules the Gemini new moon. Um, and this is also for me, it is about finding your alliances. And I wonder whether the Saturn's about that as well, finding the people who've kind of got your back, um, making the right kind of connections. Really important for Gemini. Um, also very important for Aries probably as well because Gemini is your communication sector. Mm. So, you know, notice what comes in. Notice who gets in touch with you and find kind of find these alliances. Yeah, um, I notice also that the, that Mercury-Venus is exactly squaring Neptune. 
you know, yes, it does, isn't it? Mm. you know, to the degree, you know, very, very tight. Mm. Um, and I think that's important too. So, you know, this is important for all of the mutable signs. Mm. Um, you know, this is an important new moon and for, for Pisces, you know, I, <laughs> Uh, you know, you're going to have a lot of focus on your children, on your family, what's happening at home, you know, and in general this month, that's, that's the nature of what's happening to Pisces, but Virgo by contrast, mm. you know, this could be a moment when you're, you know, you're really doing something that affects your status or your career, you know, mm. um, that you come, you're, you're making some connections. It's a very good day. This new moon was for Virgos to make some kind of social connection at work, mm. um, to even to start something new. Mm. Um, it's interesting, actually, I'm just thinking about the, you know, there's, I'm going to be starting finally this food delivery thing on the 21st, I think, um, you know, for people who, um, food packages. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm just thinking how much that actually fits in slightly with my ascendant, which is at the end of Leo, uh, with deliveries, you know, that's a very Gemini thing to be doing, deliver, making deliveries. Mm. Dispatch rider, classic Gemini occupation, actually. Yeah. Um, yeah, and for Sagittarians, it's... I also, thing. I mean, for, you know, this. It's about relationships, isn't it, for Sagittarius? Yeah. It's about your relationships. But I do, for me, this this new moon, there is a really kind of creative vibe. And I think particularly, I think for Gemini and Virgo being Mercury ruled, conjunct the Venus. I know there's a square to Neptune, but I think it's, I think it could get, could open up some kind of um, creative channel or outlet. Um, I, like this, I like the square to Neptune. You see, I mean, I know it in, in a mundane, on one level, it's dangerous. It's about illusions. But for me, the Neptune Venus square is lovely, hmm. you know, because it's, from these both these dual signs it's the storyteller signs um they're the signs that make magic and i want you know two of the most magical signs in our lives yeah. uh, and like you say for virgo very important um mm-hmm. you were saying that there was a pisces yeah um, of course <laughs> I just, you know you love the neptune for some people this is going to be tricky and for yeah. some, you know, maybe the earth signs, Taurus, Virgo, Capricorn, you know, you don't get fooled. Don't get scammed. <laughs> yeah. And I, I, that's why I'm saying this Saturn is the place to look because that's yeah. the only fixed point really mm-hmm. in the whole sky. And actually it's very strong fixed point. Mm. It's a powerful one. Mm. Um, you know, if so, if you have any planets also around that zero degrees of, um, Aquarius, or you know anybody who's like got stuff around zero degrees of Aquarius, that they're a strong, fixed, reliable point. Even if Saturn's retrograde, doesn't yeah. it? it makes him even stronger because actually he's stationing, he's close to the sun. Um, yeah. And also, I think what's important at the moment is that because that Saturn is stationing at such an important, I mean, it's at one degree, but you know the the Jupiter-Saturn conjunction comes in in December at zero degrees. Mm. So this is the time to do the groundwork. If you know, if you are kind of, if you, um, if things have changed completely in your life, this is the time to put the groundwork in for what you're building for 2021. 
I think it's that could be quite solidifying as well around the time of this new moon that kind of you know brings the Saturn to life. I think Praetorians, you know, this is very, you know, you can see how that kind of, you know, it's important. A lot of Torians, your life is changing in some way because you've got Uranus in your sign. You're, you know, this is a, a, the Great Awakener is in your sign for many years. But right now you've got this, um, this Saturn right on the midheaven. Yeah. And this can be a really fantastic, actually, moment when you change career, when you retire, when you start a new job, you know, when you reach a sort of point in your career where you're making a harvest, mm-hmm. where you're making very long-term decisions. Now, you've got that here now, but you will come back in December. So it's not like, oh, now or never, you have to do it. But you get this feeling now of what it's going to be longer term, you know, of what you're looking at into the future. And because Saturn is making a, a conjunction with Pallas Athena, also retrograde and stationing, um, so also incredibly strong in uh, Aquarius, this gives you immense foresight, I think. I think that this is what palace lends that saturn is is mm-hmm. deep foresight into the future mm. um and hindsight too i mean it, it's an interesting one but that saturn is also is squaring the uranus so very important for taurians yeah and also i you know because i think this is a time when money is really important obviously for taurus with all the planets in gemini but maybe you know the square to neptune is also about kind of changing your mindset about money or changing what you value highly. I mean, there's, it can be a real shift in that, you know, really starting to recognize what's important and what's not. And there could be some significant shifts, particularly for Taurus. Um, I mean, one star sign I do want to talk about a little bit is cancer because all the Gemini, um, you know, it's, it's all very 12th house, this yeah. for uh, cancer. Everything's happening in the most hidden sect of your horoscope, which does, you know, I know some Cancerians in my own life who are actually kind of really hiding away at the moment. They're really, you know, they're really in retreat. Um, But that's not necessarily going to be easy for all. There could be kind of, it could be a time of, you know, when worry or anxiety gets triggered more because all your attention is on your inner world. And as Cancer's emotions ebb and flow, it's not always um, that, that easy place to be. But for Cancer, I do want to say that Mercury, the communication planet, moves into your star sign on May the 28th. So if you are feeling out of sorts, I think that could really help when Mercury moves into your sign. And that is perhaps a time also to reach out, to, you know, to communicate with others, to talk with others, get more back out in the in the real world. I mean, that's why it's the real world at the moment. Yeah. But get more, get back out in the world and you know, connect with other people with Mercury in your star sign. But slowly, because Mercury is actually slowing down, isn't it? I mean, it's going to be going uh, retrograde on the 18th of June. Yes, which is important yeah. for everyone to know, isn't it? Yeah, in the middle of Cancer, you know, so it's going to be going, it's slowing its pace down. Yeah. So don't, you know, there's no rush about this for Cancerians. Yeah. It's just a matter of sticking a little toe in the water and going yeah. gently. And actually having that safe place to retreat to back in the 12th house is quite nice. Um, but which, which actually should, speaking of cancer and moon signs, uh, sorry, and a sign ruled by the moon, we should talk about the eclipse. The upcoming yeah. eclipse. So that's on June the 5th. Yeah. And it's the Entering first eclipse season. It's the first one. 
in the new in the new on the new axis isn't it it's in uh where am i i've got it it's in sagittarius isn't it yeah sagittarius it's right in the middle of um 15 degrees sagittarius the moon and the sun opposing it at 15 to humdinger isn't it what an eclipse yeah another oh my goodness uh because it's the eclipse is at 15 degrees right across the axis of information which is gemini and sagittarius so sag this is your eclipse a lunar eclipse and if you were born what is it around 5th of december somewhere around there um you know that this is really on your sun but it makes it an exact square also at 15 degrees to Mars in Pisces. So it's got a kind of catapult feel to it, doesn't it? Mm. Um, a, a feeling of something very much coming to, well, with eclipses, there's often is something that comes to an end. Um, but I feel it, it, this might again be information coming out into the open. Mm-hmm. Mm. It's, a, it's a really powerful eclipse. I mean, you know, for me, kind of eclipse law is don't um, line up anything for the eclipse date itself. Because, you know, the nature of eclipses is that there's a shadow. The, you know, the light turns dark. And once the shadow lifts, then there's a new landscape that's, that's revealed. So, you know, don't necessarily launch something important on that eclipse. I would never do that. But wait and see what's revealed and see where you can take advantage. Um, unless you're an eclipse person, of course. Okay, and then yeah, it can be different for you. If you're yeah. born on an eclipse, you mean being an eclipse yeah. person. Yeah. Or near yeah. an eclipse, like both of our dear leaders, actually, like uh, both Trump and um, uh, Trump is very eclipsy. Um, yeah, and then you can go and try and pull the wool over everybody's eyes and do really shadowy, <laughs> snaky type stuff, actually. Great time to do something sneaky. Yeah, if you're an eclipse person. Yeah. And if not, watch out for shaky, <laughs> shaky, snaky, shadowy things going on. Uh, but that, you know, this, uh, this eclipse is actually pretty important again for Pisces, I think, and, uh, Le- and Virgo, uh, you know, this, this mutable cross. The mutable signs, yeah. Yeah, because of that, where the, uh, where the Mars is. Um, oh, I yeah. Can you hear that? That is my cat um, who, who is making terrible noises and demanding to be put out of the room. So I'm just going to open the door. I can actually cut this bit <laughs> and let him go. I, can't, I couldn't hear him actually, but I'm sure he's bugging you. He's bugging me a lot. Mm. <laughs> so um this is an interesting eclipse for pisces isn't it yeah you know because you've got mars in your sign actually next to neptune your planet kind of at loggerheads with the eclipse in a way this i mean it may be a time when you really need to take a stand yeah for pisces when you really need to kind of use some of that mars also virgo i mean i think the same applies to virgo i think this could be really you know something you could have some, I don't want to say enemy, but someone could really come out uh, of the closet, you know, come step out into the open who is being quite aggressive with you. Yeah. Um, and by the same token, you know, because it's Mars, you know, it's important for Aries and important for Scorpio. 
both Mars ruled signs that you're, I think Scorpio in particular may find that you're actually quite activated, quite creative, that you get some kind of creative solution, that you're very inspired, your imagination is going mad, you know, mm. um, in a good way. And this, yeah, and this, I was going to say it impacts on Scorpio financially then, because it's the financial axis, isn't it, that mm. the eclipse is on. So maybe yeah. you know, if you kind of take advantage of what happens, you may be able to sort of boost your income or find mm. a way of, you know, working with money um, better with that. And and Aries, well, it's it's interesting time for Aries because, you know, I do want to just say for Aries, you know, if you want to take some time out, <laughs> I would really do that. I wouldn't necessarily rush. I'd perhaps just take the pace a little bit slow, you know, give yourself space to breathe because at the end of June, Mars moves into Aries. Yeah. It doesn't leave until 2021. You're going to be in demand. You're going to be busy. So, you know, you may well want to do the Mars in Pisces thing and go with the flow, take time out, pull back, mm. uh, you know, and ponder, reflect on, on where you're heading and where that sense of attack will be needed once Mars moves into Aries. And for Librans, you know, I'm looking at this eclipse in the Mars, the Mars in Pisces, and I am just thinking, you know, on the one hand, actually, for Librans, this eclipse is actually pretty good. And the, in general, the sun in Gemini is pretty good. Uh, the new moon, by the way, was very good for Librans because you, it starts to make a kind of grand trine with your sun, right? With, with Saturn in Aquarius, the sun in Gemini, and you. There you are, Libra. Um, so you may be at a kind of point of equilibrium i would say in your life where where you're managing somehow to juggle keep three balls in the air you know yay uh, to do that you're managing it quite well um, mm. and i don't think that the eclipse will necessarily disrupt that if there is any disruption i would be i would be careful of your health i think if i were just talking to libra you know someone with libra rising um, because that you may become rather, cav you may be being a little bit cavalier about it. Mm. There's also what's interesting for Libra and Taurus probably is that there's a Sun-Venus conjunction on yep. June 3rd, so just before the eclipse. So, the, you know, it's always powerful energy when the Sun is next to Venus. I always think, you know, when, when there's this Kazemi moment when a planet lines up with the, the sun, you know, it's almost like you've got an audience. Who have you got an audience with? An audience with the king or the ruler. You know, this it can be a time that raises your profile, actually, when you have the sun-venus conjunction. And also for Libra, you know, I think this whole period is about education as well. Um, Gemini for you is, you know, it's your education, it's your next steps, it's lining up what you're doing now for your future path. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it could be a really kind of key time when you're, when you're seen by someone of influence, it's that kind of feel for me for Libra as well. Yeah. I mean, it's important for Libra and Taurus to just to remind them that, you know, your ruler is retrograde. Yeah. Period. And it's, you know, when your ruler is, especially if you have those um, signs rising, but you know, also if your son is in those signs, 
retrograde is not a time to be pushing ahead with stuff. Okay. The, when you're, especially when it's your ruler. Um, so it is a time for revision. You know, if, if you're revising for exams, if you're having to, you know, re sit, rethink how you're doing your education or try it from a different angle, this is the perfect time to be doing that. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's, that counts for, well, maybe for Librans more, it's about education. Um, for Torians, it's as you said. We're saying we were saying earlier. It's it's more about money or values, and I do think that there's, um, of course, you know, Taurus is is a sign that's about values. They're always questioning values. You know, is what something worth? And mm-hmm. you need to get away from that. You know, the, one of the things the the sort of um, dark side of Taurus is definitely knowing the price of everything but the value of nothing mm-hmm. yeah you know? and that's a thing to think about when you've got venus retrograde in gemini mm-hmm. what is the thing that's value what are the things that, that are really valuable and mm-hmm. you know and are you putting the right price on them so to speak and mm-hmm. i would also suggest that around that kazemi around this eclipse this really comes to the fore and on you know, I can tell you one of the things that's for, of value to you, Taurus, is actually your social relations, which act, are beyond price. There is no price on mm. that. Mm. Um, that was a lecture for the, the, for the Taurus. They'll <laughs> <laughs> um, appreciate it. They'll <laughs> appreciate it. Okay. Well, we're talking, we're talking, you know, let's, let's get, let's get real, which is another thing about Venus in, uh, Venus in retrograde sometimes is that you can have like the real talks. Mm, yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it, this is an interesting Venus retrograde cause it is in Gemini. So this much, you know, I remember the last one in Scorpio, October, November, 2018. Oh my Lord. It was torturous for me. Really took me down to deep, dark places, but this one's in Gemini. You know, you can tread more lightly in Gemini. You can explore things more. You can keep your options open. There is a lighter feel to it. I mean, oh, you know, Venus retrograde is completely different in different signs. I mean, yeah. people, we make a mistake thinking that this is going to be anything like a Scorpio Venus retrograde, which is really serious. You know, this mm. is much more, um, as you say, much lighter, much more uh, exploratory, much mm. more fun. You it know? could be quite playful and flirtatious, for example, yeah. couldn't it? You know. Yeah. So. Yeah. I mean, if you're a um, an Aquarian, for example this Venus retrograde could be about having a fantastic sex affair or love affair. You it know, could. It, it could. really could. And, and making that love affair kind of deeper, but last longer, more enjoyable, you mm. know? And I think same for Sagittarius. This, yeah. you know, this is well, it's probably going to either be <laughs> on or off for Sagittarius actually because of the eclipse vibe, but, but yeah, there's a potential for lots of kind of fun and games during, during yeah. the coming months. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm just having a look at the time. I think we need to start thinking about wrapping up. Is there more things we want to say, Christina, in this? Oh, yeah. Let's just have a look. I just want a wonderful month coming up. Yeah, it's an exciting month. Um, We've mentioned the Mercury retrograde coming up on the 18th. Yes, so everybody be prepared for that. Get things done before that, actually. Uh, Well, things done. Yeah. Yeah, that kind of, I mean, you know, Mercury retrograde is going to be in um, cancer. So it's all going to be memories, Um, you know, 
Uh, yeah, longings, longings for the past. Longings yeah. for the past, exactly. Um, at wallowing in the past, perhaps even. Uh, yeah, no, I think that I've said everything I have to say, really. Um, yeah, I think, I think so. Do you know, have we left out Capricorn, though? Have we said, because Capricorn has been so dominating the skies, you know, the stuff in Capricorn, um, yeah. that, you know, maybe we haven't complete, you know, we haven't addressed how Capricorn is affected by the, you know, the Mars and Pisces, for example, which is in your third house, you know, of communications. I think, I mean, yeah, I think for Capricorn, this is, this is a really important time because of course the Saturn is so pivotal right now, moved into Aquarius, moved out of your star sign. I think this is about needing to find a new way of doing things actually. For Capricorn I don't think I think for me many Capricorns are caught up in that you know where the old the old ways are changing and they have to become more adaptable more flexible and Capricorns sometimes don't like doing that they like to hang on to the way things are you know the traditions the the sort of organizations but I think you know you are being pulled forward into um, a new world and that won't always be easy at times, trying to find new ways to do your business, you know, go online, trying to find new ways to, to market or all of that. There's a kind of, it, it's a bit, um, with the Mars in Pisces, there's a bit of kind of aggravation around it. Yeah. Um, I also think that just for, for Capricorn, I was thinking about what I was saying to Torians. It's, you know, there's something here also for Capricorn about values. You know, what do you value? And actually about, listening to advice mm. which Capricorns mm-hmm. are very good at doling out mm. um, I mean and I mean that sincerely very good at it because I would listen to a Capricorn usually um, but sometimes you it's good to listen to other people's advice yeah I agree you know and that that's seems to me some something in there yeah. and you might get some quite good advice uh, in June yeah or get advice that you don't really like, but is right for you. Yeah. <laughs> It'll be that vibe as well. Yeah, that advice. Okay. Well, look, that was really fun. And yes, it was fun. Thank you. And we'll see you next month. We'll see you on the solstice. Yeah. In June, midpoint of the year. Bye. Look forward to it. Bye. <laughs>